broken apparition Shattered glass tapping on my hurt for solving frictions oh. Hey yeah, hey yeah I'm DJ Jazzy J and this is the Mental Wealth Podcast, episode number seven uh, Thank you guys for joining me as usual And a couple announcements just off the top I will be making an announcement later in the episode about the future of the podcast um, in future episodes. But for now, I will say I, I did announce this on my Instagram. Um, you can follow us at Instagram at the mental underscore wealth podcast. Uh, we do follow back our friends and family. Uh, so we did announce that we're going to start putting out the episodes on Monday mornings. Some feedback I've gotten from some of the listeners is that more of them have time to listen throughout the week, whether you're at work in between work, um, you know, on your, you know, on your way to work, um, you know, just kind of do, doing your day-to-day -day activities. Um, more people have time then to consume that data, um, that content throughout the week. Um, sometimes the weekend, we know a lot of music drops on Friday, then people have weekend stuff to do, spending time with family. Um, and I, while I've noticed we get hundreds of viewers on the first day throughout the weekend, we also, the viewership goes up significantly uh, during the week. And so we're just going to try this out and see how it goes and see if it appeases the audience and we get uh, more people listening early on, right when the episode drops. And so, of course, thank you guys for your support and all your feedback, ideas, suggestions for the show. Send them my way. I'm, I have lots of lots of really cool ideas planned, um, you know, as we really continue to try to come together as a team and, and work together to destigmatize the issues that we have in this mental health community. So thank you so much for the support. Um, although Mental Health Awareness Month is over, it does not stop here in the month of June. We need to continue ha having these conversations, um, continuing to be vulnerable with each other. And I think that we're going to really make some change. So thank you guys so much for uh, your support. So with that being said, let's jump into it. The first thing I wanted to talk about today, this just happened maybe a couple hours ago. Young lady named Naomi Osaka. You may be familiar with her, you may not. In short, she is a famous young tennis player in her early 20s. She beat Serena Williams in a match. I mean, Serena Williams is probably considered one of the greatest tennis players ever, if not the greatest, at least the most accomplished. Um, she has four Grand Slam titles, I believe. She's made $19 million in earnings just in from tennis matching, not counting her sponsorships and everything like that. Recently, she was in the news a few days ago. She got fined $15,000 because she didn't want to speak to the press. And that's a part of her job and her being part of a tournament is that she has to, excuse me, give interviews. So today she made a decision to withdraw from the French Open tournament that she's currently participating. And here's the reason why uh, she gave on Instagram. I found it very insightful. She says, hey, everyone. This isn't a situation I ever imagined or intended when I posted a few days ago. I think now the best thing for the tournament, the other players, and my well-being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris. I never wanted to be a distraction, and I accept that my timing was not ideal and my message could have been clearer. More importantly, I would never trivialize mental health or use the term lightly. The truth is that I have suffered long bouts of depression since the U.S. Open in 2018. And I have had a really hard time coping with that. Anyone that knows me knows I'm introverted. Anyone that has seen me at the tournaments will notice that I'm often wearing headphones as that helps dull my social anxiety. Though the tennis press has always been kind to me 
And I want to apologize, especially to all the cool journalists who I may have hurt. I am not a natural speaker and get huge waves of anxiety before I speak to the world's media. I get really nervous and find it stressful to always try to engage and give you the best answers I can. So here in Paris, I was already feeling vulnerable and anxious. So I thought it was better to exercise self care and skip the press conferences. I announced it preemptively because I do feel like the rules are quite outdated in parts and I wanted to highlight that. I wrote privately to the tournament, apologizing and saying that I would be more than happy to speak with them after the tournament as the slams are intense. I'm going to take some time away from the court now, but when the time is right, I really want to work with the tour to discuss ways we can make things better for the players, press, and fans. Anyways, hope you are all doing well and staying safe. Love you guys. I'll see you when I see you. Listen, Naomi. I don't even know who you are and you don't know me from Adam, but I love you. And I'm so glad that someone like you with your stature, with your fame is willing to walk away from a situation right now that you're not comfortable in. She's not comfortable. Her social anxiety is not allowing her to, to participate in the rules. So she says, hey, I'm not going to be a distraction. I'll just walk away. She loves tennis. She's a great, amazing tennis player. Made millions playing tennis. Could lose advertising and sponsorship dollars. Says, nah, I'll walk away. Now, some of us may not really have that, uh, that ability. We may not have that luxury to better just quit a job or leave a situation because, you know, it's not good for our mental health. But we should. Hopefully with her uh, situation, she can, you know, facilitate conversations that, hey, it's not necessarily fair for all of us to be forced to speak to the media. Right. She, she, she has no beef with the media here in this situation. She's saying, look, they've been nice. I just can't always be ready. I'm I have social anxiety. I have depression. I need to separate myself. I want to just focus on the sport. So they shouldn't all be forced to speak to the media. And that if that's too much for her and that's in her contract to participate, she says, look, I can't do this. The bravery, Naomi, that it takes for you and your stature and your platform over 2 million people follow you on Instagram for you to be able to say that to the mental health community. I want to say that I love you and I appreciate you. If you if never hear this, that's fine. But she's an example. And further too, an example to all those out there who may wonder what mental health looks like. It looks like that. It doesn't matter if you're famous and a millionaire. A lot of times people with more money just have more problems, bigger problems. We look at these individuals and we think that they're just holier than thou, that they have nothing going on with them. What problems could you have? Because you're so rich and famous. But they go through things as well, just like us. Whether you're making 50000 a year or $50 million. So I'm encouraged to see someone like that around my age take a stance, take a strong stand uh, for mental health and how profound it to be on the last day of Mental Health Awareness Month. So congratulations to you, uh, Naomi. Uh, more power to you, really, 
wish you nothing but uh, success and love and care. And please take care of yourself and everyone out there listening to this. Continue to take care of yourself. So let's give it up for Naomi. And, and that also leads me to another thought as well. And this is something important that I want everyone listening to take away from this episode. Sometimes we have to clean house. Sometimes we have to renovate. We have to change the people around us. We have to change what we do. We have to change what we how we move, how we carry ourselves. Sometimes, you know, you look at a house, you've been living there for a while, you get tired looking at the same old carpet, the same old bed, the same old cabinets in the kitchen. You got the same old lawn outside. You've realized I got to make some, some changes. I got to decorate. I got to renovate. I got to gut some stuff out. It takes bravery to be able to make a decision like that in life. But sometimes we can't. Sometimes we put ourselves down. We put ourselves in a corner where we don't allow ourselves that rope. We don't give ourselves that breathing room that we need to be able to make a decision where we have to renovate. We have to clean house. So I want to read this to you really quickly. This is from uh, We're Not Really Strangers. As you guys know, I try to give uh, anything I say on here. Typically, most of it is my own thoughts and my you know own gems, as it were. Uh, but if there's something that I get from someone else, a website, an Instagram page, I'm going to do the best I can to give that person credit, to give the rightful person credit. Um, you know, we all share knowledge and stuff, but I don't ever want to take credit for something that isn't mine. So this was titled Ways We Make Ourselves Strong. Eight ways. Listen to this. One, deflecting compliments. Two, saying yes when we mean, when we mean no. Three, saying it's nothing when it's really something. Four. Tolerating relationships that leave us feeling like ish. Five, comparing ourselves to people who are on a different journey than us. Six, apologizing for our feelings. Seven, lying about who we are, especially to ourselves. And eight, choosing people that aren't choosing us. Powerful. I won't deep dive into each of these, but as I read them a couple of weeks ago, I knew I wanted to come in and have a pod and discuss it and mention it at least, but it's, if you've ever struggled with your mental health and are currently struggling, you know, at least a few of these, if not all of them, uh, mean something to you. You've done one of these things at some point. And so if we're going to continue to grow and, and, and really work through the challenges that we have dealing with our mental health, it starts first with our truth. What is your truth? Notice, going back very quickly to number seven, lying about who we are, especially to ourselves. We have to first acknowledge that it's okay not being okay. I titled that first episode that way for a reason because that's an overwhelming theme of this podcast is just accepting not being okay. Once we start there, then we're on to something. Going further, Listen to this quote. If someone else can speak your truth, then it ain't your truth. If someone else can speak your truth, it ain't your truth. So now some of us may be ready to be vulnerable and some of us may not be. We have to go at our own timetable. But remember this, 
that your truth is your truth. It's yours. Remember that. Well, listen, I said we have some special things planned for this episode. I am excited. I had a chance to sit down and have an interview uh, with Candace Coleman, who owns the My Truth, My Peace brand. Uh, she recently received some notoriety on The Breakfast Club, uh, on the radio, and has received uh, quite a few followers from that, and is really on a mission trying to bring awareness to this very topic. What's your truth? What's your peace? It may be different for each individual. It will be different. Um, and really, how can we have these tough conversations and face uh, what we're truly going through? So um, please enjoy this conversation with Candace Coleman, My Truth, My Peace. Then let's just welcome her in. And as this is Mental Health Awareness Month, I have a mental health advocate on the line. Her name is Candace. How are you, Candace? I am here. How are you? You are here. That's that's important. I am doing quite well. Um, I feel like we don't ask each other enough in general, like how someone is doing, right? You are absolutely right. You know, people say, how are you? But then they just, it's just something that everybody just say, but actually getting into it, like, no, how are you actually doing? People don't do that. Yeah, because like you'll you'll just say how are you, and it's people like fine, okay, great. Like they're not, <laughs> right. they're hoping that you don't go deeper with it. But I might have something really deep to talk about. So yeah, um, you know what? It depends on how you catch me because I've been out, and you know, one time we was buying a car, and the guy was like, "Well, how are you?" And I was like, "I have a headache, you know, and I'm hungry." And he was like, "Oh, I didn't expect for you to do that." Can you hear me? I lost you for a second. I lost you for a second. Oh, okay. but, keep, but keep going. I could I could cut that out. You 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 were telling me about uh, you you were a guy that asked you how you were doing. You were oh. buying a car and you told him you had a headache and you were hungry. Yeah, yeah. I said I'm I'm ha I have a headache. I'm hungry. And he was like, Oh wow, I didn't expect for you to answer it like that. I said, Well, you asked. <laughs> so you went. You went. You told him the truth, right? Yeah, I told him the truth. <laughs> so I wanted. I get a chance to just take some time to get to know you better um, and know your story. Um, I realized I kind of got hold of you and your Instagram page through Charlemagne, who we know from uh, the Breakfast Club, quite popular fan base. And he shared one of your posts and he follows you. And so before we even get to your page and your brand, just kind of tell us a little bit about you and your, your background, you know, where you come from and some of the things you've had to deal with in your life. Well, um, I had my first, I, I had three kids, um, three kids and two dogs, and I'm married. Um, so I had my first child when she was, when I was 15. She just turned 18 in January, and she's about to graduate and go to college. So she's leaving home. She's going to go stay on campus, which is, I'm not too happy. I'm happy that, you know, she's achieving her goals. But just to know that your oldest child is actually leaving, you just a little bit, you know, I'm unsettled. Um <clears throat> Me and my mother never had a good relationship. It's always been off and on with me and her. Um, I don't, you know, being that me and her had a very, you know, tough relationship. As far as trust, it's hard for me to trust other people. Because if you can't trust your parent that pushed you out, then it's hard for you to trust everybody else that moves around you. So when I start going through stuff, I'll, you know, um, start pulling away or I'll, you know, go into a bubble and just don't really want to be bothered. And then when I feel like people are getting too close, I kind of like try to create distance 
Mm-hmm. because it's just like I I can't you know what I mean because again like I said my mother is somebody that we've always had a up and down relationship as of far as of right now we're not talking <clears throat> um and how long how long has that been that you guys haven't been speaking um it's been since February and to be quite honest I'm I'm good with it um like I told my therapist, you know, it's a healing process and I'm ready to start the healing process when it comes to her. So, um, so, so she won't be able to trigger me again. Mm. Um, as far as moving on with the relationship, I will always be there when it comes to health wise. Like if she was to call me and say, Candace, I need this or whatever, I'll be there for that. But I don't want to have uh, you know, heart to heart relationship with her because I'm not there as of yet. You know what I mean? So, you know, some people might judge it, but at the end of the day, I know that I need to work on the healing process because it's history with us. And I I know that's something that I need to work on. Like I told my therapist and I don't mind sharing it. She's not the type of person, if she was a regular person, I would not deal with her. So I don't like her as a person. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, like I said, it's a healing process. I'm ready to heal. Where if she was to say certain things to me, it wouldn't be a trigger. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that and there's a, couple, a lot of different things to peel back in, in your in your um testimony there. But one thing is that you said, Hey, I don't like her as a person. And you know, I feel like a lot of times because someone's family or blood, you're just suspected to get along with them and be okay with them. And it doesn't always that right i have friends in my life that are closer to me than my own relatives blood relatives blood doesn't make you close it just means that you're related that you share dna you share genes right but it doesn't mean that you're going to be close in spirit and close in relationships and i try to explain that to people but sometimes individuals can't see that you know because they only see well that's your brother or that's your sister Mm -hmm. um i'm personally I love my brothers. I have three brothers. I'm not that close with them. Some of it's just distance and different where we are in life. Uh, but I have friends, best friends that are like my brothers that are closer to me and have met more and have impacted my life as of late more than my own brothers. And that's not a slight to them necessarily. It just means that's what it is. And I feel like because someone's family expected this to be like, we're supposed to be better. No, we're not going to always be besties mm-hmm. or always get along or always speak. And if if that's because of you know, you protecting your peace and your energy, then that's what you have to do. Um, and so I can definitely appreciate that. And something else you mentioned, um, you talked about therapy. How important do you think therapy is for you and kind of getting through some of the trauma that you're dealing with? Um, it is very important, uh, very important. I know the what started me with therapy was uh, my father wound up dying the day after Christmas. And... <laughs> It just seemed like everything started to close in. You know, I started looking at my, you know, my relationship with my mother, my relationship with my, the, the, you know, the friends at that time that I had in my circle. And I remember and one day I was driving down the road and all of a sudden I just felt like I was about to have an anxiety attack or a panic attack. I just felt like I was losing it. And I wound up pulling into the middle of the road. You know, and my husband, you know, in a passenger side, the kids is in, you know, in the back seat. Mm -hmm. And I pull in the middle of the road and I get out and I walk across the street and I just sat on the curb. And of course, it it freaked my, you know, my kids out and, you know, my husband out. But it was like, I just knew at that time that I needed help. 
that I needed more. I needed, I knew that it was that time. And as far as therapy, it is so important to me because it helps me deal with the things that I can't deal with on my own. And it's so different when you hear yourself mm-hmm. talking out loud and somebody is able to, you know, help you deal with what you're going through. So when I have, you know, everybody comes to me. I know my purpose. I feel like everybody in this life has somebody. Everybody has a purpose. I know what my purpose is and I accept my purpose. People come to me and they vent because they know that I'm not going to be that person that's going to sugarcoat, but I'm not going to judge you. You know, I'm going to give you two sides of the story. I'm not just going to tell you what you want to hear. And I, you know, I just felt like, I, I, I needed that. I needed that help. And I tell people like, look, go to therapy. There's nothing wrong with going to therapy. There's nothing wrong with getting the help. And I just want everybody to be healed. I want everybody to take those steps to deal with what they're going through. Because I, I believe, this is my opinion, that mm-hmm. a lot of our trauma starts when we were children. Yes, that's true. That's true. And it when, if we don't take care of it as adults, we tend to pass those traumas down to our kids and then our kids pass it down to their kids and that's not what I wanted you know the way that me and my mother relationship was I told myself and I always said that even when I had my daughter when I was 15 I do not want the relationship that me and my mother have to have to have with any of my kids so I just feel like therapy is it's for the strong because if you're willing to get the help and to see who you really are and willing to work on it, then you're stronger than the people that are sitting there hiding and is in denial that anything can possibly be wrong with them. Yeah, that that Candace, that's that's really insightful. And so kind of that leads me to one of my follow up questions is that knowing that your relationship right now is broken with your mother, how has that affected even and when I say affected, it doesn't have to be negative. A lot of times we use that word affected and we just go to something negative. It can also, or if we use the word consequence, we just think that's negative. But consequence literally is just meaning what what was the result. So that can be both positive or negative. So um, how what's, what's been uh, the consequence or the effect that your relationship with your mom has had on your relationship with, you, with your daughter? What have you learned about that? that you're trying to implement with you, within your relationship with your daughter? So with all my kids, like I said, I have three kids. I okay. have this relationship where you could come and ask me and your father anything, you know, because I feel like you're going to learn from me and your father then before you learn out here in these streets, because these people are going to tell you what they want to tell you. And we're going to, treat, you know, tell you what it really is. Not only that, I feel as though which our, you know, our parents generation, they didn't tell us their story. When it comes to things that's going on in my daughter's life or she asks questions, I'm going to tell you my story. I'm not going to just tell you not to do it and just expect for you to just listen. I'm going to tell you, hey, that may not be a good idea. This is why this is what I went through. Um, as far as the relationship, she sees how dysfunctional it is and she knows how my mother is. And I've told her my history as far as what I went through with my mother. Now she's about to graduate and she wants to have a graduation celebration. And she comes to me the other day and was like, hey, I would like to have the celebration, but I don't want no drama. 
And I was like, what do you mean drama? You know, and she just said, well, grandma, I said, well, you already know how she is. She can come here and I can be cordial. I can say, hello, how you doing? And, you know, and keep it moving. But she won't speak. She will come with such a negative energy that it will make everybody uncomfortable. I said, example, here's an example. When she came over for my son's birthday and I asked her and my father, like, hey, what kind of wings would y'all like? You know, I got high Parmesan. Honey, obey, which ones would you like? She would not answer my question. She looked at my father and my father says, um, looked at her and asked her, but what do you want? And she said it to my father and he said it to me. And when I say that pissed me off, I had to go in another room and calm down because I just feel like at the end of the day, I don't care what we got going on, but mm -hmm. you should not show that in front of other people. Yeah. So, you know, and that's what I told her. Like, I said, well, you're going to have to call and have that conversation with her. Because, again, she can come here and I can say, hello, how you doing? We don't have to have no heart to heart. We don't have to, you know, talk about what happened a couple of months ago. But being cordial and not showing other people that's here that don't know nothing about our history or what we're going through, you need to fake it till you make it. Because you're not supposed to show other people on the outside that we have a dysfunctional relationship. Again, it can say, hello, how you doing? And keep it moving. She doesn't know how to do that. Right. But, I mean, it, it seems like at least you're willing to unselfishly, you know, put aside your, your issues with your mom on the sake of your daughter, you know. And I, and I think that is a great principle that many of us who deal with mental health concerns face. Like, a lot of times we selfishly put aside how we feel or the trauma that we're going through to be there for someone else or to be okay. Yes. And, you know, one of the reasons why I started this podcast in the beginning, my first episode was entitled, um, I think I put it, I, I'm not okay and that's okay. Because I think we've, for so long, all of us, particularly us in our, in our African-American community, but all of us, mm -hmm. in a sense, have been taught to just put aside our feelings. And sometimes we have to, we're in positions where it makes sense, right? In this situation, you want to be a good mother. You don't want to tell her your your her grandmother can't come and celebrate her graduation. But that's a, like an overwhelming principle in the mental health community of pushing aside our own peace, right? Mm -hmm. To to be there for someone else. And, and kind of what I want to get your opinion on before we kind of move forward with the story, I asked this question in um, my last episode, and that was entitled um, go hide, but we won't seek. And the purpose of that episode was to talk about how we have been told to just go hide and we won't come find you. Like hide who you are, hide what you go through. You don't hide that you're in therapy, hide that you're on medication, hide that you struggle and somehow it'll just disappear. And that hasn't been the case. What, what's your opinion? I asked some individuals to call in and give their opinion as to why does this, why is there this stigma? Why is there this, negativity associated with those of us who struggle through our mental health why do you think that's that, that's that way um because I, I feel like people are afraid to show who they are because of judgment um where instead of being ashamed to me it shows that I'm stronger than you because I'm willing to acknowledge my flaws um I think because people look at it, oh, well, if she's bipolar, she's crazy. And it's not necessarily that she's crazy. She just may think different like you, or she may feel her feelings, you know, more than what you may feel. And I, I think people are worried about being judged. And not only that, 
you know, um, like I've learned a long time ago, I mean, not too long ago, um, you know, it was looked down on it, you know, years ago, you know what I mean? A lot of, you know, our older, our parents was, oh, go to church, pray about it. You know what I mean? And you were supposed to hold it in. Or, you know, you see certain movies or certain shows or you hear about, well, you know, if you got bipolar or if you have anxiety attack, then that's just the devil. You know what I mean? And I think that people just feel like when you, you know, when you talk about it, people just look at you as if you're crazy. And it's not that I'm crazy. I'm human because I'm feeling my feelings. You know what I mean? So you that's, know- that's really, that's good. I mean, you know, and what's deep about that, obviously everyone has the right to keep their mental health private. And no one, and by any means, I want to clarify that I don't believe that someone should be forced to tell someone their issues. But I think it helps because, like, for example, if you're in a job and you struggle through bipolar depression or you struggle through anxiety, you know, it's good for people that you might report to that, you know, your bosses, for example, um, you know, who, who you may report to to understand what type of person you might be so that when you might have an outburst at work, they have context. It doesn't excuse everything. You can just do anything you want at your job. But if something happens, your employers may have a better idea of what you may be going through. You know, I'm, I, I sit in a role as a leader and I have people that report to me and I know things that are going on in their personal life that they share with me that I keep to myself. But that helps me deal with them. That helps me lead them um, as people, not just as my employees, because I know what they're going through. So if an employee needs to just call me and vent to me for 20, 25 minutes, cry or what, I understand because I know what they're going through. And that helps me be a better leader for them. And so um, I, I just I, I hope that this podcast and, of course, we'll get to you know your brand here in a second. I hope we can start a movement and really um, put a speakerphone to that conversation to not be afraid to speak about these things. Because once you do, it really allows you to have inner peace yourself. And then further, I think that it just brightens the light um, on the issues and allows people to understand us more. Because so many times people are listening to us, but they're listening to um, reply, not listening to understand. Mm -hmm. I think if we were more open about what we're going through, I think maybe people could try, at least try, not always they're going to get it right, but at least could try to understand this more. What do you think? I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And I've always, I've been saying for the longest is that my goal is to help people start their healing process because we all need it. We need to be comfortable with, because everybody has a story. Even our, you know, our parents have a story and you telling your story helps the other person open up and tell, you know, tell their story. And then we're starting this healing process. We're starting to be at peace. We're starting to look at the people that's around us and knowing, okay, this person is not good for my peace. Let me get rid of this person. You know, so Mm -hmm. I just, my goal is to help people to start the process of healing. Awesome. So that kind of leads me to uh, uh, your brand, My Truth, My Peace on Instagram. And a couple of pieces. um, I'll let you kind of go in further about what your brand is, how you started your brand. But a couple of pieces that stuck out to me. um, Anxiety is breathing in confidence and exhaling fear. Anxiety is breathing in confidence and exhaling fear. That's powerful. Um, Another one, if someone else can speak your truth, then it ain't your truth. I think that is so, um, you know, I'm big on, I don't want anyone else speaking for me. Mm -hmm. Like I need, if you have a question about me or something I'm going through, 
come to me, come to the source. Don't mm-hmm. ask my wife, don't ask my sister, don't ask my mother. You pick up the phone, you call me because no one else could speak better to my issues and, and my truth than me. So I, I really, really like that. And then finally, something else among many other pieces you have um, is therapy is just self-maintenance. And I, th- I think that's powerful because it's like we go to the doctor for regular physical checkups. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we go, insurance is covered. Usually most insurances cover one or two free checkups a year, dental cleanings. You know, we go and we go to the store, we shop. We want to make sure that we look great. We want to get new shoes and women want to get new makeup and new jewelry. We want to always look our best physically. We want to feel our best physically, but not enough conversation is put on therapy that that's a way to maintain our minds. Um, and regulate our minds um, and have these these conversations that are sometimes tough. So tell us a little bit about your brand. Tell us about, you know, what spoke to you, why you started. And, and again, you, you alluded to a few minutes ago some of your goals, but tell us where are you hoping this brand takes you? Um, I started My Truth, My Peace. Um, again, but I, I'm sorry. I started My Truth, My Peace because I wanted people to be comfortable with wearing how they feel on their chest. You know, if you see somebody out in the street and they smile, because I'm always, I've always said, just because people are smiling on the outside does not mean that they're crying on the inside. You know what I mean? We all wear a certain face when we are out in public. You know, so I want people to be, you know, feel confident into saying, "This is me. This is who I am." And then the next person, you know, you might wear that shirt and that person might say, you know what, that was deep. Just like you said, it stuck out to you. So if you see the shirt with somebody wearing it, you might be like, you know what, I do have some issues, you know, that I need to deal with, with as far as fans. I think it is important to go ahead and start therapy. One of my, one of my favorite pieces is facing yourself is the hardest part of it. You know, when I was starting to go to therapy, it was like, okay, I go to therapy Friday. So from Monday to Thursday, I get to overlook a lot of the things that, you know, that I had to deal with from Monday to Thursday. But once Friday hit and I went to therapy, it was like, okay, now I have to speak on the things that have happened to me from Monday to Thursday or the week before. You know what I mean? So again, facing yourself and speaking your truth out loud is is hard to hear sometimes but it's your story you know and i just want people again to be comfortable with speaking their story and 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 just like you said just speaking your story you know what i mean because it's yours you know you can't be ashamed of your story and your and your how your parents you know how you grew up in your parents household it's also a part of your story you know so that's my biggest thing once you can face yourself and you can tell your story then you can start the healing process and we all deserve that. Everybody deserves to be at peace. It doesn't matter who you have to cut off, the, the other people that you have to bring in. It's just your peace is worth everything. And if people don't value that, then they need to go. Well, yeah, sometimes I, I, I think that's powerful right there, too, because, um, you know, Jay-Z has a line where he says, I didn't work this so hard. I didn't work so hard to stay the same. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people, whether they make money, it doesn't have to be tied to necessarily becoming successful, but just in general, as we grow, I tell people all the time, what you're doing at 35 shouldn't be what you were doing at 25. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you change as a, per- like, it doesn't mean that you don't, you stop wanting to have fun or do certain, but like you're, you should be growing, right? Like your attitudes, your emotion changes. So sometimes if I'm growing, some people may not grow with you. Mm-hmm. and where the space that I go to in my life and that I end up at, it's going to be a lot different. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I found in my, in my life that, you know, I had to change some of the people that I were around because where I was leading to wasn't where I really wanted to go. And those individuals, while I love you and love you from afar, mm-hmm. we can't really be as close because you're not going to help me get to where I'm trying to go. That's yeah. where I was, but that's, you want to stay there. And I got to go. So people say, oh, you fake, you changed up. You can call it what you want. I, what, what I'm doing is I'm now focusing on my peace. I'm okay. focusing on my goals and my destination. I can't look behind. I can't um, be sidetracked by everything. To, I have to look forward. And sometimes, unfortunately, that means that you might have to lose friendships. But I believe that the people that love you the most and the people that are really in your corner and love and support you no matter what will always be there for you. But it may not be that many of them. And you don't need that many, you know, I'm fine with having a smaller circle. I'd rather have one or two really, really, really good friends than 10 or 15, 20. Okay. Fake friends, convenient friends, seasonal friends, conditional friends. So um, definitely that, that facing yourself um, is really, really good. Tell, Tell me as we kind of wrap up, how, did you just by chance come across and Charlemagne came across your page? How did that happen? Cause Charlemagne definitely brought some, some obviously some traction to your page, him, you know, posting some of your stuff. So how can you tell us a little bit how that happened? Um, well, one, you know, for the quite some time, um, I said, I'm gonna call up to the breakfast club. I'm gonna call up there. And every time I thought about doing it, I, I wouldn't do it. And then one day I was just listening to the show and DJ was DJ Envy was like, yeah, you know, let's call up, get it off your chest. And as soon as he said that, I hit the button. So, you know, the call button, the call. And the first time it rung, the girl answered the phone and she asked, you know, what is your name? Where are you from? What you would like to get off your chest? And I told her, you know, every time you call, you're not guaranteed to get on because I called, you know, a week before and mm-hmm. didn't get on. And this time when I called and I heard DJ Envy say, Candace, I hopped, I was at work. <laughs> I hopped up from my desk. Oh, I man. Like, yeah, I was like, oh my goodness. And, you know, I was so proud and you know and it took a lot for me because like I said I told you earlier I'm very shy I'm a very private person I get nervous when it comes to public speaking you know so it just something in me told me you know God was like Candace this is your day this is your time you need to go up here and just call so I called and you know I told you know um, Charlemagne that he inspired me and he has because he's a big advocate for mental health And it just made me feel like this is what I want to do. I want people to not be afraid to wear it on their chest, you know? So that's how I did it. I just one day was like, I'm going to do it today. And I just, you know, God said, go ahead and hit that call button. And that's exactly what I did. (laughs) That's exactly what I did. And when I hung, when we hung up, I called my husband, I was crying and he was like, I was crying and laughing. He was like, I haven't seen you like that in such a long time. And it just felt so good for me to know that I was on one of the most important and biggest platforms and to know that so many million people will be hearing me and that this is, you know, this is the big 
this is big. And the fact that I can start helping people and it, it just made me feel like I accomplished something. I felt like somebody important that day. <laughs> oh, no, that's, I mean, no, I'm a big fan of Breakfast Club. I've been listening for however long they've been on. And I usually don't listen live. I usually like watch the, the rips off of YouTube and listen to their podcast. Um, That's me. I'm always like a day behind. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm usually catching up. Like <laughs> yeah. I was listening today. I think today they just, it was like probably Memorial Day weekend. They, they didn't really have a real show. They kind of just, they had a, I think a Swiss Beats interview and some other interviews, like some pre-recorded stuff. But um, they probably won't be back live until Tuesday, yeah, Memorial Day weekend and stuff like that. But um, I listened religiously, so I probably have heard you at some point, but I just caught it because I follow Charlemagne and I saw him, you know, linked to one of your posts and it just made me go and see your 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 page. And so, um, yeah, he's definitely a great voice in the mental health space and community to look up to. Um, I did read his book. I'll, I'll plug his book while we're out here. Uh, Shook One Anxiety Playing Tricks on Me. That's a great book for any of those who are looking for a new book to read. He speaks uh, truly about some of his trauma uh, as a child and some of his anxiety and things that's going on in his relationships has made him the way he is. And sometimes, you know, we look at someone like Charlamagne, who's very famous, a popular voice in Black media, and just, you know, judge them for what we see, mm -hmm. but not ever understanding the person underneath the surface and where they really came from and why they may be that way, whether we like them or not, what trauma... Um, has gone through to contribute to their overall mental health and their mental well-being. And I think for anyone out there looking to understand um, individuals more, that's a really great book. And hopefully um, it'll help all of us understand our own anxieties and our own stresses that much more. So um, thank you so much, Candice, for, for joining us, for sharing just a little bit of your story and helping us to appreciate how important therapy is, how important, you know, facing ourselves is. So um, tell the people where they can find you, where they can find you on social media. How can we support your business? Tell us all that good information. Um, well, I'm on Instagram and it's called My Truth, My Peace. And you or you could do www.mytruth. My, um, I'm sorry. Or you could do www.mytruth.shop. But I'm, I'm always on Instagram. Again, it's My Truth, My Peace. My truth, my peace. And so, yeah, you're you're already sitting at quite a bit of followers and um, you definitely have a customer in me. I will be purchasing one of your shirts, visiting your site here soon. And, um, you know, looking forward to continue to collaborate in the future and keeping that conversation going. So I want to kind of leave it with this. Um, and of course, we'll link uh, we will link uh, your Instagram bio and your 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 website in the episode notes. So all those can go and support and see your brand and hopefully follow you and uh, reach out for more information. But finally, I, I like to leave a lot of my guests with this question. What's one thing someone out there, um, maybe uh, whether it was a young girl at 15 who had a young child, uh, whether it's someone dealing with um, broken relationships within their family, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, um, or just trying to get by every day, just trying to get up and go to work and muster up the courage just to be them best selves, to be their best selves each day. Um, someone struggling right now with mental health, what, what would you tell them? What, what's the best piece of advice or something that you've learned over your life um, that you could share with somebody? Um, your story is your story and don't let anybody tell you how you're supposed to feel. And don't, make, don't ever make people feel like that their story is as less as yours because we don't know their pain. And just because it may not be your story does not mean that it does not matter. And again, if it's not good for you, then you can move on. 
and you are worth everything because God has put you on this earth for a purpose and a reason and you are to tap into that purpose and don't let nobody take anything away from you that they do not deserve. Great, great. And actually, because that answer was so insightful, it's a second part to the question. Uh, so same question, but what about someone, because a lot of my listeners aren't just, obviously this is an attractive podcast to many of us who go through these things, but also many of my episodes have appealed to those who don't, who are advocates who want to support us, right? The family and friends who may not be able to necessarily relate to the anxiety, to the depression, to the thoughts that we go through, but want to support us and want to love us the best way we can. What advice would you give someone like that who, hey, I want to I want to be educated. I want to learn how can I support my my wife, my husband, my sister, my brother, um, my colleague at work who is dealing with uh, mental health concerns. What would you say to them? I would definitely say ask them how they're doing. Listen to them. You know, it doesn't take but about 10, 10 seconds. It doesn't take, you know, do your check-ins. That's that's the most important check-in. And if you want to know how they're feeling and how they're doing, actually be there. And if you don't understand it, then there's nothing wrong with asking questions. There's nothing wrong with doing any research. But if you really want to be there, really be there. Really be there. You know what I mean? It doesn't take but so long to call somebody and say, hey, I'm checking on you and I really want to know how you're doing. People know when people are genuine and then we know when people are just asking the question. So be there if you're really willing to be there and put the time in. Because us people that's going through mental health, we know when people are genuine or not. So be genuine. Learn it before you start judging. Well, I mean... (laughs) I, I don't know how else to uh, to, to to top that. I just gotta just gotta give it up for you. <laughs> I mean, right, that's just uh, that's that's awesome, awesome words. So thank you so much, Candice, again for joining us. Please follow her, my truth, my peace, on Instagram. Uh, go and, and tap her website, support her business, and uh, continue to invest in your mental health. Thank you so much for joining us, Candice. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you and everybody else. Of course, it's, it's an honor. This is DJ Jazzy J, and this is the Mental Wealth Podcast. I got to give it up one more time for uh, Miss Candace Coleman, my sister, uh, for joining us this today and really just uh, showing us her story, just a glimpse of it. We, we could have talked for days um, and uncover everything, but in a short period of time, in about 25, 30 minutes or so, we had a really, really good conversation. So thank you again uh, for joining us. Again, please go and support her on Instagram, My Truth, My Peace. Simple as that, My Truth, My Peace. She has a really easy Instagram name to find. And her website is mytruth.shop. And you'll be able to uh, get those links as well in the episode notes. But please go and support um, our sister Candice here as she continues forward uh, with her journey of My Truth. Uh, my peace. Wish you nothing but love and success, my sister. And thank you so much uh, for being vulnerable with us. Um, before I get to affirmations, you know, having that conversation with Candace actually came a few days after I actually had made peace with someone important to me in my life. We had went uh, not as long as, as Candace's situation with her mother, but we had went a, quite a few months without speaking. It just was an elephant in the room 
we had some conversations that needed to be had and no one was willing to have those conversations well we finally did and i think our relationship can become stronger for it because i've never had a relationship a serious relationship with someone of real friendship um with anyone in my life that i've never had conflict with to me uh, the tale of how strong a friendship or a relationship is, is how you can overcome that conflict. So if you can overcome that conflict and make peace with someone, you'll become stronger. Sometimes you can't, as Candace illustrated. So again, that's why it's my truth, my peace, because her truth may be different than my truth. And I support her in renovating and cleaning house and doing what she has to do to protect her peace. But for me, this particular person, that there was some conversation that needed to be had, I felt that the love was still there. And once we heard each other out, hugged it out, I told this person that I love you. I love you and there's nothing that you can do about it. And I'm proud of you and I'm gonna always be here for you. And I believe that she felt that I meant that. And I know how she feels about me. And that just goes to show sometimes you need a little separation in friendships, but if possible, make that peace come together, have those conversations. If all else, if not to make peace, maybe just to have the conversation to close those ends, to have some type of closure to a relationship can be peaceful in some type of way, even if it doesn't give you the full result that you want. So again, it's different for everyone because I'm fully supportive of someone deciding, hey, look, ain't nothing else for us to talk about. I get it. Uh, but in this situation, I wanted to share that I was happy that I could have a conversation with one of my loved ones and uh, to be able to sit down after not speaking for a period of time and have a conversation and be heard, to feel like I was heard and understood and that I could hear her and understand her. And I'm just ex super, super excited about that, man. So uh, my truth, my peace is something definitely we'll continue to talk about. Couple of affirmations as always. Here's one. Never respond to shade that comes from trees that don't bear Never respond to shade that comes from trees that don't bear fruit. I didn't write it. I found it on Instagram. So <laughs> and all these affirmations, typically nine times out of 10, I find them somewhere on Instagram. So I, again, I'm not going to take credit for anything. I did not pin myself. Lastly, you will bloom if you take the time to water yourself. You will bloom if you take the time to water yourself. So watering yourself is stuff like listening to this episode right now, taking in some information soothing your soul, taking time for yourself, taking time to invest into your mind. I always speak about your mind is an investment. You would invest into a vehicle for maintenance. Me and Candace talked about how therapy is self-care, it's maintenance. So have these tough conversations because it's really regulating your mind and helping you to see that you aren't alone. And even when I think back to Candace, her story you know, it's something as simple as a T-shirt, walk, someone walking around with a message on a T-shirt that says, I go to therapy. If I'm walking by and I'm that guy who also goes to therapy, but I'm afraid to admit it to my friends and family, maybe, just maybe seeing that someone else like me is open enough to talk about it, maybe one day, one day I might be as well. And that's the goal. If we can reach one, but they say reach one, teach one. That's all we're trying to do here, guys. We're just trying to continue to have these conversations. Mental Health Awareness Month or not, these conversations must, must, must be had and must continue in all communities, races, backgrounds, creeds. 
these conversations have to continue to go forward. So as long as I'm here, I'm going to make sure it does. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Briefly, I will announce, uh, thank you again for all the support. Some may be disappointed about this, but my next episode will be June 14th. Um, I have a lot, lot going on in my personal life that I'll briefly share. Uh, I just got back this weekend from a little quick outing with the wife. Um, this week, these next two weeks are going to be very busy. Secularly, as many of you guys know, I am a leader in my current position. I'm a manager, so I manage employees. I have five, three of which are out on long-term or short-term leave right now. So um, I have employees who are out for their personal reasons. And now my workload this week is going to be uh, extremely high, right? Covering for the last, the two I still have and the few that are out there missing. So I'm having to um, take care of, of their needs and, and be there for my team as well. In addition to that, I am uh, this next weekend, one of my oldest best friends is getting married up in New York. So I'm going to be going up there to see him and support him for that. And hopefully at the same time on my way up, I can stop and see my grandmother, who I have not seen since uh, my wedding um, last year before the pandemic. So, and she lives in Philadelphia. So excited about that next weekend. And then the following weekend, my little cousin, my baby cousin is getting married to the love of his life. And I have the privilege of walking my grandmother, uh, his great grandmother and my grandmother down the aisle during the wedding. So super excited about that privilege um, to walk my grandmother down the aisle. She's in her mid 80s getting up there. So that'll be a great memory for us. So looking forward to that. And on top of all of that work, personal life, um, in my place of worship, I have two discourses <laughs> to give in the coming uh, two weeks. Uh, one on, a, on next Tuesday, actually three. If I count this uh, this coming Tuesday, next Tuesday, and then I have another discourse that I'm giving on the same day as my cousin's wedding. So I I, <laughs> I have a lot of stuff. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed out. Um, I'm the first to admit it. So um, I wanted to make sure I got this content out for you guys as you're listening today. Um, but I will return on June 14th with the brand new episode. So I'll take some time off to regroup, to uh, focus on some things personally. In the meantime, if you missed the episode, go back. We got seven episodes full and one bonus episode out there uh, or replay some of the episodes. It's good information. Share it with a friend that could benefit from it. Continue to keep these conversations going. And, uh, I believe it's going to be something special. So when I come back, trust me, I have something really, really special to come back to after this two-week hiatus or so. But as always, thank you guys for your love and your support. Uh, remember to invest in your mind, invest in yourself. Um, show someone today that you love them, that you care about them. Ask them how they're feeling and really mean it. Um, and like I said, let's continue to keep this conversation going. After all, it's your truth. It's your peace. Thank you for listening to the Mental Wealth Podcast. I'm DJ Jazzy J, and we out. Renovating this novel, I'm writing, ripping the words off the spine. And they stay hopping through pages, speeding till I catch a fine. I'm simply losing and gaining, maybe that's why I'm so anxious. Gaining life that's never ending, gotta go through the changes. And I think that I'm changing, don't know if it's for the better. Acid rain pouring down and I ain't got an umbrella. Uh, what's chance? 
I believe in growing pains Mistakes are rooting good foundations like hurricanes This window pane Outlook the blessings through trials I see the lessons is wrapped up in a blanket in case Sacred and it's mine for the taking I drove myself into a ditch over a simple temptation Dismember my obligations I'm running psycho like it's posty and dollar sign My strength had to be divine To conquer this web of mine Entangled up, creeping like a sneaky little ivy vine Sending chills up my spine But whoa, whoa can't deny that I've been through a lot Had to shepherd the flock And you bet that it taught me things I'm painted as something I'm not Now the fight that I fought It's taking me out the frame Seem like the devil has reigned supreme Waiting for showers to break the rain So like Malcolm X I can get it Won't stop till I'm finished Just get it by any means I'm on my tippy toes just to see Seem like my white shoes better crease This ain't a musical No, not a TV show Yeah, this is real life This is me I'ma do the right thing Spike Lee Get about my brain, yeah, frightening I stand at the top with the key to the lock Open and see the man I wanna be Pew! Hey, yeah So